All right. Well, happy Grandparents' Day. You can't actually say that back to me, but maybe one day. Uh, I'm, maybe uh, since there was no response, not to be uh, judgmental, but maybe you didn't hear me uh, to the grandparents. I don't know. Happy Grandparents' Day to everybody. I'm glad that you're here. And uh, one thing we want you to do uh, after this service is to go get a picture taken. There's Grandma's Attic. Uh, set in the fellowship center. So we want you to go, you're going to go, hey, that's where that was. Uh, that's going to be in the fellowship center. You don't have to be a grandparent like me, so, or, you know, you can go in there and get your picture taken. We just want to get everybody, take a moment to get a picture taken. Well, it is Grandparents Day, and we can thank uh, uh, Marion McQuaid. She was a gal who uh, is recognized as the founder of Grandparents Day. And she made it her goal to educate young people like me, like others that are younger than me, in her community about the important contributions that older people have made throughout history. And after the work of senators like uh, Jennings Randolph and the work that he did along with other congressional representatives, uh, Congress passed legislation in 1977 proclaiming the first Sunday after Labor Day as National Grandparents Day. And uh, so it's official. We're not making this up. In fact, the proclamation signed on August 3rd, 1978 by Jimmy Carter, President Jimmy Carter, states this. I put it in your notes. I have it up on the slide. It says, the purpose of National Grandparents Day is to honor grandparents, to give grandparents an opportunity to show love for their children's children, and to help children become aware of strength, information, and guidance older people can offer. I think it's a good proclamation. So if you're a grandparent, and you are hearing me say that, uh, would you stand real quick? If you're a grandparent, would you stand up? If you're a grandparent. Awesome. Let's give it up for our grandparents. Now, if you're seated, you need to find a grandparent nearest to you and wish them happy Grandparents Day, all right? So if you're not, stay standing. If you're a grandparent, stay standing. And then you need to find a grandparent and say, Happy Grandparents Day. All right. So you can get your picture taken with him over in the Fellowship Center after this service. So I encourage you to do that. You know, one of the things I really like a part about President Carter's 1978 National Grandparents Day proclamation is this. It says at the end, to help children become aware of the strength, information, and guidance older people can offer. I love that. I love that. And despite being the youngest grandchild in my family, I had the privilege of experiencing this proclamation. I remember as a kid visiting my grandparents, something that my parents did with me each year is I've got to see my grandparents at least twice a year. They lived out of state. And I remember just going and, and visiting with them and, and then hearing their stories. And a lot of them were told over and over and over again as you got older, right? And I, I don't know if you remember, I've heard this story before, like uh, 20,000 times, I think, right? And they tell that story, and there's just laughter that goes with it and just kind of learning about their lives. And then as you move on into a young adult in my college years, especially going to be with one of my sets of grandparents that were still alive, I, I would just gain so much wisdom from them. They just had wisdom that they were just passing on to me. And I, and I began to really appreciate that. And uh, I, I, I just would want to go and just kind of sit and listen to them. One of the things I noticed with each of their stories 
was that there was a kind of a repeating theme, uh, kind of a narrative that just kept going with every single story just about that they shared. And it was this. It was God's faithfulness. I was blessed to have both sets of my grandparents know and love Jesus. And as a result of that, I got to hear about God's faithfulness in their lives over and over and over and over again. And what I've discovered as time has gone on and my eyes are open and my ears are listening a little bit better, um, I've discovered that that theme of God's faithfulness is told by a lot of people. It's repeated over and over and over again. In fact, it's repeated and told in Psalm 71. And so if you have a Bible, I want to encourage you to take your Bible, turn to Psalm 71. Psalm 71. If you don't have a Bible, there's a Bible sitting on the seat rack in front of you. I would encourage you to pull it out because we're going to go through this this morning. And I want you to be able to see what is in here. Psalm 71, from childhood to old age, the story of God's faithfulness. Psalm 71. So pull it out on your flat screen, pull out a Bible. I encourage you to have that. Psalm 71. As you get there, you'll probably notice that there's no author listed at the top. If you're opening up, you look at it, and sometimes you'll see a Psalm of David, or which is the Psalm 70. Psalm 72 is one by Solomon. But you'll usually see an author. Well, in this case, there's not. But you do have some expressions of David, such as uh, my rock and my fortress, my enemies, make haste. But what's really important here, probably most important, is that the author is old, <laughs> or at least aging. They're in the later years of life, and they have endured trials which are continually going on. They have yet to stop, and they have no signs of stopping. And so against his failing strength, he tells from memory the stories of God's faithfulness from his childhood all the way to these last years of his life. And so today I want to take you through this story, this author story, and then I want to highlight seven principles for you this morning that I think we can apply to our lives, no matter your age, no matter your background, no matter what's going on, whether you're young, whether you're old, that you can take and apply that can make for a very good life story in your life. Let's go ahead and read Psalm 71. I hope you're there. Verse 1. In you, O Lord, do I take refuge. Let me never be put to shame. In your righteousness, deliver me and rescue me. Incline your ear to me and save me. Be to me a rock of refuge, to which I may continually come. You have given the command to save me, for you are my rock and my fortress. Rescue me, O oh my God, from the hand of the wicked, from the grasp of the unjust, the cruel man. For you, O oh Lord, are my hope, my trust, O oh Lord, from my youth. Upon you have I leaned from before my birth. You are he who took me from my mother's womb. My praise is continually of you. I have been as important to many, but you are my strong refuge. So do not cast me off in the time of old age. Forsake me not when my strength is spent. For my enemies speak concerning me. Those who watch for my life consult together and say, God has forsaken him. Pursue and seize him, for there is none to deliver him. Oh God, be not far from me. Oh my God, make haste. Be quick to help me. May my accusers be put to shame and consumed. With scorn and disgrace, may they be covered who seek my hurt. But I will hope continually and will praise you yet more and more. My mouth will tell of your righteous acts, of your deeds of salvation all the day, for their number is past my knowledge. 
With the mighty deeds of the Lord God, I will come. I will remind them of your righteousness and yours alone. Oh God, from my youth you have taught me, and I still proclaim your wondrous deeds. So even to old age and gray hairs, oh God, do not forsake me until I proclaim your might to another generation, your power to all those who come. Your righteousness, O oh God, reaches the high heavens. You who have done great things, O oh God, who is like you? You who have made me see many troubles and calamities will revive me again. From the depths of the earth, you will bring me up again. You will increase my greatness and comfort me again. I will praise you with the harp for your faithfulness. Oh, my God, I will sing praises to you with the lyre, O Holy One of Israel. My lips will shout for joy when I sing praises to you. My soul also, which you have redeemed. And my tongue will talk of your righteous help all day long. For they have been put to shame and disappointed who sought to do me hurt. Father, I stop and I thank you for your word. And I thank you for inspiring this individual who we do not know. But allows us to get a picture of what they've gone through from childhood to old age. From being in their mother's arms to the point of walking with gray hair. God, there's wisdom here. There's insight. And so, God, I pray that you would lead us through this time that we spend together in Jesus' name. Amen. So there you have it. Psalm 71, a snapshot, a memoir, if you will, of this gentleman's life and the journey that he took from childhood to old age. And what you see there is you see over and over again of God's faithfulness to him. God's faithfulness. That's this man's story. Now, as I look at this story, one of the things I kind of stop and I think is like, man, I don't know if I want this story to be mine. What, God's faithfulness has to be the one that shows up because it's all calamity and people want to hurt me and I've got one issue after another? As I look at that, I, I process and I think, man, this is, this is not necessarily, oh wait, this is normal. <laughs> We've all had difficult times and difficult days through our lives so far and we have some left to go and endure. But we have some good times as well. I mean, when I look at this passage from verse 4, if you're looking at it and have it open, it's a story that's encountered one trial after another. In large part due to wicked, unjust, cruel men. Maybe you've had a boss that was that way. I don't know. Maybe a neighbor. Whatever. In verses 10 and 11, he says his enemies have gained up against him, believing God has forsaken him. It's kind of like Jonah. It's like God's forsaken him. Surely, why don't you just you know, curse God and die? Just get over it. It's just not working. Verse 13, he says his enemies literally, literally seek to hurt him. In verse 7, he says he's been important to many. In other words, stay away from that guy. He's an omen for bad luck. He's, he, he's the guy that you want to stay away from because calamity and bad news follow that guy. It's a story from his knees over and over and over and over again. Did you see that? His pleas of deliver me, rescue me, save me, help me. In fact, through the passage, seven times he's calling out, God, help me out. Deliver me from this. Save me from that. It's been a challenging, challenging journey for him. And friends, these weren't pleas just for a few times in his life. This has been going on from childhood to old age. The journey that maybe you can relate to. The process that maybe you're going through. Perhaps this sounds a little bit like your story. 
You can look back and maybe you can look right now and go, I've been praying for God to deliver me out of this, to rescue me from that, to help me out here. You know, one of the things as I thought about this, I thought, man, you know, we're all going to have challenges, right? We're all going to have trials. We're going to have difficulties as we go through life. But probably one of those that stuck out to me the most was actually to see my grandparents endure the death of their children. So for me, I remember 40 years ago this past Thursday seeing my mom's parents crying on the day she died. Most of the time, my life with my grandparents wasn't in tears. <laughs> Maybe tears of laughter, but to see that. To, to fast forward to a few years later, when my grandparents came to visit our family because my dad was dying of cancer. And it was like, it was yesterday <laughs> that I can see my grandfather coming out of the hallway where he'd gone in to see my dad, who looked like a dying man. And to see my grandfather just sobbing, this brute strong man I'd never seen cry, and enduring that kind of pain. So maybe you've endured something like that. You've endured pain. You've endured loss. You've endured trials. You've seen things that are just like, man, maybe you're experiencing that now. This guy who's writing Psalm 71, you could sit down and have a cup of coffee with and go, wow, you've been through a lot. We've all been through a lot. We all have that. And in this fallen world that we live in, maybe that's why he's saying, God, deliver me. Help me out rescue me you know these are significant long chapters in this man's story but and i underline that caps lock but but they are the juxtapositional chapters of the rest of his story the remaining chapters of this man's story you see it's from these challenging circumstances these difficult times these words and cries out of rescue me help me deliver me that is where he discovers God's faithfulness in the midst of the valley. God's faithfulness is written into his life in those chapters over and over and over again, despite what he's had to face since childhood and is facing as he writes. You think, man, can I get over this? These other challenges convey his firsthand account of God being his refuge of God being his rock, of God being his fortress. Five different times he speaks of this and declares, yeah, despite the, the, the pleas for being rescued, I've discovered in the midst of that that God has been my refuge, that God has been my rock, that God has been my fortress. In other words, God has remained faithful through the journey, faithful to him. God's love has been there. God's mercy has been there. God's power has been there. God's provision has been there. God's protection has been there against the enemies that seek to bring him harm. God's promises have been relied upon over and over and over again. In fact, God has been so faithful, caps lock, underline, bold again, so faithful to him that from childhood to old age, he unashamedly and boldly declares in verse 5. If you got your Bible, look at this. In verse 5, he says, For you, O Lord, are my hope. And my trust. In verse 6, he says, my praise is continually of you. In verse 8, 
He proclaims, my mouth is filled with your praise and your glory all day long. Verse 14, he states, I will hope continually and will praise you yet more and more and more. Verse 15, he announces, my mouth will tell of your righteous acts, of your deeds of salvation. I mean, even to old age and gray hairs, he intends and, and insists in verse 18 that he will proclaim your might to another generation. In other words, passing it down to his grandchildren. In verse 22, the way I look at this is he grabs the harp, he grabs the guitar, and he sings praises about God's faithfulness, even in the midst of calamity, even in the midst of trouble. Even being an old man, now in verse 23, his lips will shout with joy. And in verse 22, he refuses to be silent, for my tongue will talk of your righteous help all the day long. And I say he does all this before he has his morning cup of coffee. I mean, when I looked at my grandparents, that was one thing that they always started their day with was coffee. And I married into a family that starts their day with coffee. So I have a wife that starts her day with coffee. I have escaped. It's a miracle. I don't know why I don't have to have that. I enjoy it. But this guy is fired up. Despite what he's gone through, he's just going, man, I can't wait to praise God. Give me an instrument. Let me sing of it. Let me shout even as an old man. I'm going to shout this out of who God is and how faithful he's been. I love that. You see, the trials he's endured, that's only half the story. The other half is God's faithfulness. God's faithfulness. So here we are this morning. And I want to ask this question. From childhood to old age, how can my life, how can your life tell the story of God's faithfulness? You're at least here to seek out and worship Jesus. And I'm guessing you want to live for him outside of here. So my question is, from childhood to old age, in other words, wherever age you are, it doesn't matter, grandparent or not grandparent, wherever you are in life, how can my life tell the story of God's faithfulness? And the answer is found in Philippians 3.14. Philippians 3.14. Paul writes this, I press on toward the goal for the prize of the upward call of God in Christ Jesus. I press on for the goal, toward the goal, for the prize of the upward call of Christ Jesus. The Greek in the word press on has a present tense in the verb. It means he didn't press on just once or twice or for a season in life. Like when I was younger, I pressed on. Or when I get older, I'll press on. No, he's pressing on continually throughout his entire life. It's like a bicycle, and you're pedaling continually, one step, one push, one pressing on at a time. That's this picture that he gives us. And so to think of this a little bit further, I need some volunteers. Matt and Sarah graciously uh, agreed to be my volunteers this morning. So you guys come on down for a second. Good morning. So Matt, you can come over here. So what I'd like you guys to do is I'd just like you to go ahead and grab that. And you grab this one. And go ahead and start pulling it, walking casually away. See if you guys can do this. All right. So, not, yes, I, I knew there might be a, a tug of war here. This isn't a marriage on marriage, so, or a sermon on marriage, so... But let's say this, this represents a timeline. And where Matt is standing, 
Matt is at the beginning of time for creation. So Matt, you're looking pretty good for going that far back in time. So, but uh, that's, that's where he is. And on the other end is Sarah. And Sarah is at the end of time as we know it. And you haven't aged a bit being that far ahead in the future. So you're looking good. So this is where we have like the end of time as we know it. We've had Christ return. We had the millennial reign. Thousand years are going on. Great right there. Doing just, all that goes beyond Sarah, beyond that. And in that timeline, this is your life right here. This little red strip, this little red marker represents your life and the continuing of time. This is it. it to think of it another way, uh, from childhood to birth, this is, is basically the dash between your day that you came into the world and the day you will pass out of this world. And in that time is going to be your life story. And like we saw in Psalm 71, as we're looking at this morning, your story is going to endure a lot of challenges. But your story can also have a lot of good times as well. So my question at this moment is to ask you this. How you doing? <laughs> How's it going today? What's your story? You know, every day that you're alive, you're making it. You're writing it. You're the author of your story. And thanks to God's faithfulness, you have the opportunity to make and write an amazing story if you're willing to press on in just the time that you've got left. Thank you, Matt. Thank you, sir. You can just go ahead and drop the time. You didn't waste any. That's okay. We're, we're all good. So let's just go ahead and set that there and We'll just kind of have that uh, just there for the rest of our time together and think about this. And so what I wanted to do for the remainder of my time is just offer seven principles. Seven personal principles to help you press on. And these principles are going to require faith. They're going to require you trusting God. And I use the, the word or words, the phrase press on. And I made an acronym into this. This isn't my specialty, so work with me on this. But here they are. The seven principles, I would encourage you to write these down to take and to, to make sure you're doing as you continually live your life and press on. The P's represents prayer. Continually depend on Jesus. As I look back in Psalm 71, verse 2, the second part of it, he says, Incline your ear to me and save me. In verse 3, he says, Be to me a rock of refuge. In verse 4, the beginning of it, he writes, rescue me, oh my God. In verse 9, he says, do not cast me off in a time of old age. Forsake me not when my strength is spent. In verse 12, he says, oh God, be not far from me. Oh my God, make, help, make haste or be quick to help me. What I see as the principle here is prayer. From childhood to old age, that's part of this guy's narrative. This is part of his story. It's continuing to pray. And when we look in the New Testament in Philippians 4, 6, I put it up on the screen for you. He said, Paul writes, Do not be anxious about anything, but in everything by prayer and supplication, with thanksgiving, let your requests be made known to God. Pray continually. Continually depend on Jesus. The present tense in that verb, pressing on, it's continually depending on Jesus. This is what it's like. This is what it sounds like. Shall we have our blessing? Father, we thank you for the night of rest and this another day. 
I can't tell you how many times I was at breakfast with my grandparents, but every single time I was there to have breakfast with my grandparents, my grandfather would say, shall we say our blessing? Our Father, we thank thee for the night of rest and this another day. Guess what prayer I pray in the morning? Because <laughs> it's passed on to another generation. Prayer, continually depend upon Jesus. R represents repentance. Repentance, continually follow Jesus. Look back in Psalm 71, verse 5. For you, O Lord, are my hope, my trust, O Lord, from my youth. This guy has been continually repenting, continually following the Lord. You look at verse 7. I have been as important to many. In other words, this, this idea of them saying, stay away from that guy. But you are my strong refuge. I have continued to follow you, Lord. And God has blessed him and God has honored him. In uh, Luke chapter 5, verse 32 Jesus says this, I have, come, I have not come to call the righteous, but sinners to repentance. It's a mission that Jesus gave to us, and we're to continue to live that. When I thought about this, I, I thought of another story with my grandparents, and particularly my grandfather. Being back in the 20s and whatnot, they wasn't saved. He's one of those with my grandmother, and him got saved at a tent revival meeting in downtown L.A., and got saved, and he shared that as I got saved and, and realized I wanted to live my life for Jesus, the new life, uh, there were some old habits I wanted to get rid of, to repent of, to, to take on to a new, new way of living. And one of those personally for him, for him that he wanted to do, was he used to roll his own cigarettes, tobacco and all that. We still have some of his cans from, from back in the 20s. It's crazy. And, and he said, but you know, when I got saved, I, I suppose something I didn't want to have to do anymore. He goes, and I remember I put a, a stack of my cigarettes up on top of my visor of the truck I was driving. And then he shared about this verse. Put it up on the screen for you. Matthew uh, 17, 20. It says, For truly I say to you, if you have faith like a grain of mustard seed, you will say to this mountain, Move from here to there, and it will move, and nothing will be impossible for you. And he talked about that verse, and he said, You know what? That verse became real to me because I thought, Hey, if I can kick this then if I have that kind of faith, I can move mountains, then, then I surely can, can get over this. He says, I had him up there for a week. He goes, a week goes by, and I hadn't touched him. Two weeks goes by, I threw him away. And that's just the guy going, look, I know i got to depend on Jesus. I know I've got to pray. I know I want to continually follow him. And we had victory in that as he pressed on. The E represents excellence. Excellence, continually honor Jesus, look back in Psalm 71, verse 19. He says, Your righteousness, O God, reaches the high heavens. You have done great things, O God. Who is like you? Who deserves the honor like you? I'm going to serve you with excellence. I'm going to do my best. In Colossians 3, 17, Paul says, And whatever you do, in word or deed, do in everything in the name of the Lord Jesus, giving thanks to God the Father through him. In other words, honor your life as you live your life for Jesus. Honor God with it. A quote that I, I like that I try and live by is, how you do anything is how you do everything. How you do anything is how you do everything. And it's something I want to pursue as excellence in my walk with God. Even in the midst of those valleys, even in the midst of those trials, I want to have that excellence. And even when it's easy, which I think, honestly, for most of my life it is, 
I still want to have the, the, that, that desire to honor him, to continually bring Jesus and do everything for his honor. The first S in press is study. Continually learn from Jesus. In Psalm 71, verse 6, we read this, Upon you I have leaned from before my birth. You are he who took me from my mother's womb. My praise is continually of you. There's a continual journey with him. You look back down in verse 17. He says this, says, Oh God, from my youth you have taught me, and I still proclaim your wondrous deeds. He's taken time to study, to know God, to understand who God is, and to walk with him. In 2 Timothy chapter 2, verse 15, we read this, Do know your best to present yourself to God as one approved, a worker who has no need to be ashamed, rightly handling the word of truth. Another grandparent story. Out on the porch at the ranch, my grandparents, my grandfather had a rocking chair, still there with the ottoman, still there. He'd read the Porterville Recorder every night. And then he would take, dog would come up in his lap, and he'd grab the Bible right there. And I think every time I ever was there, every night, that black Bible was open in his lap, and he's just reading. And for me, who wasn't necessarily wanting to do that, <laughs> I thought, man, that guy's dedicated. He's just continually studying and reading God's word. He just keeps doing that. Every time I ever see him, he's always doing that. He's always studying and continuing to learn from Jesus. The second S is service. Service, continually serve Jesus. In Psalm 71, verse 22, we have this act of service and worship. I will also praise you with the harp for your faithfulness. Oh my God, I will sing praises to you. I, I love that. His, his willingness to serve God through worship, to honor him through worship, to serve, to, to do that. 1 Peter 4.10 says, For us as believers, as each has received a gift, use it to serve one another as good stewards of God's varied grace. As I thought about this, I was... Uh, I don't know when it was. I think it must have been, where are we, in fall? About a year ago when I met Betsy Beersford. And those of you who know she's in the second service. And I learned that she was teaching our children's church, which that matters to me because I have kids that are in children's church. I thought, man, you're still going. And then I learned that not only she does that here, she's involved in the Good News Club. And I'm thinking, man, she's on campus with kids hanging out. I thought, you're still serving Jesus. Your age or whatever the world might think says, I don't care. I'm still as gifted as I've ever been, maybe more. And I'm going to continue to serve Jesus. I love that. It's inspiring. I love that story. The O, as we move into the word on, is for obedience. Continually obey Jesus. Psalm 71, 9 through 11 says, Do not cast me off in the time of old age. Forsake me not when my strength is spent. And he talks about his enemies and wanting to, to do and bring harm to him. And yet, he continues to obey God. He continues to press on. He continues to obey God. In John 14, 15, Jesus pretty much just said it plainly. If you love me, you will keep my commandments. <laughs> if you want to love me, if you say that you love me, then obey me. My first semester at Talbot when I was in seminary, we received a book by, uh, by Eugene Peterson entitled A Long Obedience in the Same Direction. I honestly remember seeing that book and getting that book and going, 
what have I gotten myself into going into ministry along obedience in the same direction? I can't tell you what the story of the book is other than it's about along obedience in the same direction. But I want to do that. I want to encourage you to do that, to continually obey Jesus, to continually do that of long obedience in the same direction. The last one, the last letter is in, representing news. Continually share Jesus. Continually share the good news. Look back at Psalm 71, verse 18. So even to old age and gray hairs, oh God, do not forsake me until I proclaim your might to another generation. I love that. Look at verse 24. It says, And my tongue will talk of your righteous help all the day long, for they have been put to shame, and so on. He goes on to say, but he says, I will talk of your righteousness. I will speak of that. I will share that. I will let people know of that. That's this guy's story. I remember being at the Purpose Driven Youth Ministry Conference up at Saddleback a number of years ago, and Rick Warren spoke on the last morning. And I remember him sharing about his dad and the last words of his dad on his deathbed. And it was, win one more for Jesus. Win one more for Jesus. Rick, win one more for Jesus. I thought, man, pretty simple. Win one more for Jesus. Just do that. Continually share Jesus. So to press on, to do that, how can my life tell the story of God's faithfulness? By pressing on through prayer, through repentance, through excellence, through studying his word, through service, through obedience, through sharing the good news. So I conclude with this story. A few years back, Pam's grandmother was, had reached into her 90s and was about ready to go to be with the Lord. And uh, my, grand, uh, my, my mother-in-law was there. Her grandmother was there with her at her bedside. And in these last moments, her, her mother said, Sandy, lift, lift me up. Okay, so she starts to lift her up. Lift me higher. She, she's trying to lift her higher. You know, not the greatest back. Trying to, higher. And she's kind of like, what are you doing? And she just kept saying, higher. Higher for the next 30 seconds. And she's trying to do that. And then her mother reaches her hands up. And she's looking into the heavens, so to speak. And she goes, Mama? Jesus. like that that was the last chapter of her story for she had pressed on for all these years and it ended with her seeing Jesus right at the moment she's going to go and be with him that's how her story concluded that was the final word of her dash the time that she had with us she pressed on because a good story well, it presses on. And so may I encourage you, may I exhort you to continue to press on, abide by these seven principles I've shared with you. For by doing so, I promise you, you will have a good story to tell. God, thank you for your word. God, thanks for this opportunity to speak and share your word. And God, I pray that you would help us to press on today, despite whatever the challenges are, despite whatever we're dealing with, God, that we would be willing to press on and endure what we're facing, God that we would know that you are there. God, we'd understand your faithfulness in a whole new way. And God, may we have used these seven principles we've looked at this morning 
and press on. For your glory, God, I pray in your strength. Amen.